welcome back to the What the Folk Sunland preview show. It was a disappointing weekend for Sunland as a poor first half display meant we went down 2-1 to Swansea in South Wales. However, Tony Mowbray and the lads have a huge opportunity to rectify that this weekend when we face about a million former Sunderland players when we play Wigan Athletic at home this weekend. Um, regular listeners will remember today's Wigan guest very well, but if you are a new listener, I will reintroduce him for those of you new to the show. It's returning guest and co-host of Wigan podcast Progress with Unity, Adam Pendlebury. Adam, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Um, I think I was your uh, lucky omen last year, wasn't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, every time you spoke, every time you spoke to me, you won the next game. It happened to be against Wigan, so uh, um, obviously, I'm certainly hoping that's going to change uh, this uh, this weekend. But I'm, I'm sure you'd be very happy with that continuity. There was definitely a method of madness, Adam. I'm not going to lie. Um... <laughs> There's tons of things to get through, as there always has been recently over the past few years with, with Wigan and Sunderland. But we'll we'll start straight from the top. I actually have recorded after the midweek game this week. We normally record beforehand. But um, you managed to hold like a, a little mini run of defeats last night with a win over local rivals Blackburn Rovers, thanks to a Nathan Broadhead goal, of course. Um, how was the performance? Uh, I thought we played very well. I thought... Uh, I would say it was a... Well, it was certainly our best home performance of the season. I mean... Obviously, it was our first home win, but it was a, it was a, it was a deserved win. Uh, I thought we were pretty solid at the back. We caught, we kept Diaz quiet pretty much throughout the game. The midfield had a lot more bite in it. It, 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 it had a lot more energy in it. It passed the ball a lot quicker. Um, and I think out wide with um, you know likes of. Um, Sort of Broadhead and McLean, um, Will Keane played really well in his link-up play, and um, and White just gave a typical White performance for uh, for Wigan. I'm sure, we'll talk about him in some detail later. But yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the stats, uh, I think I think Blackburn's expected goals was something ridiculous, like 0.2, and Wigan's was one point six. I know it's not all about that, but that's that's a big difference. Uh, in, in in a game really and um and, and it suited us as well because Blackburn had 65% possession. I think we had something similar on on Cardiff and uh, the week before and and to be honest never looked like getting anything from that game. So it looks like we're a we're a side that benefits from having less less possession. Um so um yeah, hopefully keep keep the consistency and 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 try and just just give the, that solidity because we will have a bad spell, I'm sure, in the season. But if we can get the points in the bank early doors, then it takes a lot of pressure off. That's now obviously 13 games, so the win means technically at the time of speaking, you're the best performing promoted team um, from League One last season with with 19 points. The season as a whole, how has it kind of gone so far after 13 games? Because that's a decent amount of games to make a, a, a relative judgment. Once you get to the sort of the uh, sort of 12 game points, you know, you, you know, you're more or less sort of a quarter of the way through the season. So it's a good time to assess. Um, yeah, we picked up points where I didn't expect us to. I think we've been very good away from home. I think it suits us in terms of style. Um, 
And given the fact there were quite a lot of Wigan fans worried about our lack of activity in the transfer market, I think on a number of occasions this year we played we've we've played a side that that pretty much featured last season in League One. So despite the you know the likes of Broadhead and Fletcher signing, you know they were they were often bench players. The Noemi from Blackburn as well, and we went with the same eleven on a number of occasions that that basically did the job last year. So. Um, I wasn't overly concerned because I like continuity. I, 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 I've seen it before when, when a club gets promoted and they, they, they sign too many too many new players, and I, I think it can it can it can cause problems. So I think, um, despite some negativity at the start of the season, I, I think we're, we're pretty much where I would not necessarily have expected us to be, but. I did expect us to pick up some points early on. And I think we've just got a couple of bonus points. I mean, getting like, for example, getting a draw at Norwich, you know, I think was was something that I wouldn't have thought we could get anywhere near. Um and, you know, even even looking at games like um, you know, the Birmingham game, you know, down to ten men after ten minutes, you know, and seeing that game out one nil, you know, and Birmingham haven't been setting the world on fire, but to play against, you know, to play with ten men for so long was another great performance. And then, albeit Rotherham were really one side last year, they've been doing really well at home, you know, and that was our, probably our best performance away from home all season. And we won, we won that quite comfortably two 0 So, I'm very, very happy with where we are at the moment. I'm not getting carried away, but. I'm very, very happy, especially now we've got that first first home win on the board. Obviously, as we kind of touched on at the beginning of the podcast, there's a million and one players that have played for both Wigan and Sunderland that are probably going to be there or thereabouts in the lineup. Um, I think it's five in total. Um, I'd, I'd like this thing I speak for everyone when I say it's great to see Charlie White back and not only on a football field, but but scoring goals as long as it's not on obviously Saturday. Um, but last time we spoke, White wasn't really part of Wigan's squad at all because of the the really frightening situation he had, which we we all know about and, and was well documented. This season, he's he's came back into the squad. He he scored last week, I think it was. He's played eight games. Firstly, how good is it to see him back as a Wigan fan after going through obviously what he has done? And, and second of all, how sharp is he actually looking in terms of getting back to his best? Yeah, I mean it's a great question because um I mean obviously the the first worry was with his clearly with his short term was with his health. I mean that was the main thing that he was just okay. Then, you know, you get to the point where you start thinking, can he return to football? And you've seen obviously an a number of other issues with you know with with other players you know you've got Blind uh, Daily Blind and you've got um, obviously Ericsson as well I know they've they've got slight differences but there's certainly some commonalities there um, so I don't think anyone really expected him to get back last season uh, he played early on in pre-season and then I think he had a setback that I mean the setback wasn't anything to anything major but he he didn't really hit the ground running so um quite a lot of those appearances have been a substitute really so um I think he came back on the pitch for the first time I think it was at 
I think it was at Birmingham away from home. You know, we got him we got him back on the pitch and then obviously he made his the next step was his first start. And then obviously on uh, on Saturday his first goal. Now he's now played I think he's played three in a row. Um he's not completing matches, but clearly he's getting game time now. He's looking sharper. Um He's, he's very different from the player that we kind of discussed before the first match of last season because I think we talked about essentially McGeady providing all his chances and White scored the goals. Whereas actually I, I thought of him certainly early last season as um, someone who could score goals, but the strength of his game was, for me, his link-up play. I was really impressed with how, how he held the ball up, how he brought the players in. If you see the goal at Birmingham, I mean, the, the, the intricate pass that he put through to Broadhead was was, was superb. Um, so I think he's got that bit sharper now. Um, I don't expect him to be any anything like a sort of, you know, 15 to 20 goal per season. I think he is quite key to our team. Um, we have got a bit of backup in Josh, uh, Josh McGuinness, who um, who has played really well, you know, when he's had to, he's called upon. But I think I think Charlie's got more to his his, his general game. Um, whether it's working with... I mean, James Beattie seems to have improved all our, our forward players uh, over the course of the last sort of 12 months. So, you know, working with him maybe has improved him um, in, in some ways that maybe the likes of Lee Johnson wanted him as a more sort of one-dimensional player but at the end of the day if he's scoring 30 goals for you maybe you don't <laughs> you don't want him to be doing everything else for you I think naturally we're going to lose a lot of we're going to lose a lot of the goals he scored at Sunderland but hopefully if he does play on Saturday you'll see a more complete player I think than the player that 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 sort of left um, uh, last season. Obviously, I feel like I'm writing the script here a little bit, if I'm completely honest, but um, it was well documented that we were pretty much wanting to bring Nathan Broadhead back to Sunderland this year. I certainly wanted him back, and he, he did a very, very good job for us, I think, 10 in, in 20. Um, whatever you believe the reason to be, that didn't materialise, and obviously he ended up at Wigan. He hasn't been a starter um, up until recently, but like I said, he did a great job at Sunderland and he got the winner for you last night against uh, Blackburn in, in a derby game. From what you've seen of Nathan so far, how impressive has he been in the opening quarter of the season and what kind of position is he playing at the moment? Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of talent, definitely. Um, you can see that a couple of times last, last night, you know, he's picked up the ball wide and he's beat a couple of players and got a shot in. Um, I think he's only started two, maybe three games. I mean, I've seen him more as an impact player in a sense. So when he's come on, he, he's kind of changed the game. Um, obviously scored the winner at, at Birmingham, but has generally looked good in the sense of um, he runs at, def he's, he's not fine of running at defenders and, and later on in the game when they're tired, it's a good time to do it. But I mean, I'm sure he would have been expecting to start more games. Um, they, they alluded to it last night on Sky. I know 
um, Robert Page was there watching, you know, because of obviously there's a World Cup coming on. So, and he had a fantastic record, you know, in uh, you know at Sunderland in terms of his um, goal ratio, pretty much one in two, I think, around about. He doesn't see. I, I don't see him as that type of player. But again, it might be the style of player that we're going to play in, in a sense, in a similar way to the to the Charlie White. He's, he's played. He's played wider. Um, he is. A, he, he is. A, he kind of does get it. He does. He is happy to come inside and um, and and get the shots in. But he's also seems quite happy to to go wide and get crosses in as well. So. I like him. Um, I think most of the fan base like him. But we've seen the best of him as a substitute, um, which I don't think will be enough to get him into a World Cup squad, being a substitute at Wigan. So, on the basis, it was quite funny, actually. It did look last night like he was coming off um, just before he scored the goal. Um, and then he came off anywhere ten minutes after afterwards. So uh, I don't know what his completion completion rate was at Sunderland in terms of games. Whether he, he tended to play a full ninety or, or or not. So he he was one of those that would be say withdrawn at seventy. And presuming he wasn't a, su- a substitute at Sunderland given the goals he scored. He he was to and fro really. I think with with Nathan, probably his main problem with Sunderland was if he got an injury, it kept him out for weeks. So when he came back, he would then start coming off the bench for the first three games, and then he would start, and then he would get injured. Um, which is one of the reasons some Sunderland fans weren't hundred percent sure he would be be worth the risk. But he scored the game ratio. Yeah, for me, you couldn't argue with him when he was on the pitch last season. Especially, we, we looked a better side, but then he got injured for the playoff run and, and barely played in the playoff spot ten minutes here or there. So predominantly a substitute, but probably more due down to, to fitness issues than anything else. But he's got he's clearly got quality, and uh, you know, speaking to some Everton fans, you know, they they they, they seem to say that he's got a future in the game. You know, at the top level. So um, I'd like to think that we. We will get more out of him, albeit I think we've got enough out of him so far. I haven't got any problems with him, and I can see why Sunderland wanted him back. Regarding obviously Nathan himself, I'm going to attest. Obviously, we many people don't have any reason why he decided the move to Wigan was a better option than obviously coming to Sunderland. Um, or I think all that's pretty certain is that it was very late that he made that decision. A lot of the comments afterwards between Sunderland fans were made that um, it's difficult to convince a striker to come in and play third choice. And and at the time that he changed his, supposedly changed his mind, um, Ellis Sims had scored two, was a new signing coming from Everton, and, and Ross Stewart, as he does, scored again. Lo and behold, obviously our two strikers are currently injured, um, one of them longer term, and Nathan... Yeah. If he joined Sunderland, would have probably been starting for the past few weeks, and and further furthermore, um, there was a lot made about it. But what I've always found very weird about the theory that he didn't want to, he allegedly didn't want to come and play third choice, was that it's really hard to keep someone who's not going to be guaranteed to start. And then I look at Wigan's team, and I see Charlie White, Josh McGuinness, Will Keane, Ashley Fletcher, and Callum Lang all to call on as, as forward options. So the, the theory for me never really held weight that he wasn't happy to be third choice, but. Um, we're going to have five strikers. How do you keep them all happy at the same time? Yeah, there's another that you 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 haven't thrown in who, who I think his best position is playing on the wide left is uh, James McLean as well, who 
he's a you know forward player. I think last year he got nine goals. So, um, yeah, it, I mean that that theory would be odd given the amount of you know strikers that we you know we we have. There's also uh, I guess you'd say throwing young uh, Asgard as well, who's you know played games wide. I mean, first of all, there are there are three positions, I guess, in in the forward line. Whatever you want. I mean, in, in all the money, they were they were fourth. We were talking four three three, weren't we? Where you had your back four, you kind of two holding midfielders. You then sort of link player. Now that link player is Will Keane. Now he pretty much plays every game. He plays in the kind of advanced midfield role. So I guess. He isn't necessarily a direct competitor uh, in the striker role. Um, albeit, he was, he was, of course, the top scorer last season. So he does look odd, but he was the deepest of the forwards, really. Uh, Lange, well, he's injured at the moment. It doesn't look like he'll play on on Saturday. And, 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 and again, Lange's improved. Uh, the, even this season, you know, I think he's... He's realised that there's certain moves that 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 are just um, too predictable at championship level, so he's he's, de- he's developing that. Um, I think the Wyke and McGuinness really is the at the moment is the battle, um, but as I said, I think I think White White starts all things being equal, but we've got to manage him carefully. Um, I mean, obviously, clearly he's had serious health issues, so it would be madness not to have a similar player in, in the team. And the, they are getting game time. Uh, and James McLean has been playing most of this season at left-back, so he's kind of been taken out of the attacking equation. So there is room for Nathan Broadhead, Broadhead in that team. But, I mean, presumably there would have been room at Sunderland as well, because if he's playing well enough, he scores a couple of goals. Yes, left out. I mean, you don't you don't know, do you? I mean, presumably last year, you know, Sunderland maybe were his main main interest. They're a big club. Um, maybe there was that he didn't have any clubs in the northwest that were interested because you you wonder whether locations and in the. I mean, it clearly didn't affect him, did it? Uh, whether he moved up on a short-term basis at Sunderland, it clearly didn't affect his form. So uh, <laughs> um, it it did seem an it did seem an, an odd one, and especially with it being a, a loan arrangement. You know, sometimes if it's a signing, everyone throws out the wages, don't they? But usually, and I, I know clubs come to arrangements, but usually there's not that much difference in the loan market. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you've lost for whether whether it's. Um, I don't think we've we've necessarily took the full gain yet of what you might have lost. If you see what I mean, because I haven't seen enough of him yet. Um, and I mean, I don't, if that was the reason, it's not a great attitude because really, what you should be doing is saying, "I'm good enough, and I'm going to get myself into that team." And that basically is what he has to do at Wigan at the moment. So I, I wouldn't subscribe to that theory. I think it would be, would, it doesn't seem right given, like you said, the number of forward players at Wigan. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just interesting theory. I thought, I think he would have been more than happy. I think there's probably more to it of that. We will never know. Um, 
we've discussed Charlie and, and Nathan at length. Obviously, we could go into Max Power, we could go into James McLean, but it would go on all day. Um, outside of obviously Charlie and, and Nathan, who we spoke about, which Wigan players are the ones that are in particularly good form heading into Saturday that maybe we we wouldn't know of or, or should be aware of? Well, I mean, Maxi, Maxi as usual, he's just playing like his Maxi role. He's you know, Wigan fans love him, always have done. Um, just just does what he does. The, he plays all the games. And then we rotate between um, Naylor and Shinny in that other uh, other role. They've both been competent. I mean, personally, I don't think that they're all they're okay championship players side uh, in in championship teams that are probably like Wigan that would be happy to sort of finish in the mid table. I don't think that the two two types of holding midfielders that would necessarily you know, get you any friend. But same with power. You know, for me, power, you wouldn't get any of the the big three, four, five teams who are interested in him. But for Wigan, he does a great job. But I think um I think Wigan's best player and if he keeps it consistent this season, um and Wigan, you know, you never know. We could finish in a playoff. You know, we've had Luton, we've had Huddersfield, uh, we've had Barnsley in recent years, and then you never know. But if Wigan don't advance, you might get a, a few lower Premier League clubs looking at Jack Watmore at the back, um, who I think is a, is a superb player. I think he um, if he reads the game really well. Um, he passes it well. Um, he just always seems to where, where you get that striker who always seems to be in the right position. It always falls. It's like you know Harland at City at the moment. It just always falls to him. So with Watmore, he seems generally seems to be in the right position at the right time. You know, it sort of smells the smells the danger. I like the fact that he nips in as well. You know, if you've got that big strike who's, who, once he gets hold of the ball, he's hard to get it off. He, he he's perfectly happy to, to sort of nip in, and uh, and try and try and nick the ball. I think it helps Wigan when we play in a three because it it, it gives Watmore a bit more license to do that. Uh, because obviously, not that he misses it very often, but if he does miss it. Um, you, you know, you then you then two on one. Whereas if we play the three centre backs, we've got that little bit, little bit extra there. Um, it's it's difficult to say really because we're, we're gonna for me are very much a, a a team, you know, an entity with a really good manager and really good coaches. So it's hard to um, when we have a stinker, it's hard to pick a man of the match because they usually all are stinkers but when we play when we play well it, you could we, we do we always do a poll on the man of the matches and you know like last night I think what more was the clear man of the match Sky gave him the man of the match but that said you know next 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 to him we've got Kerr who was playing right sided centre back and he reminded me, I don't know if you remember the season when Sheffield United got promoted, where the, the right and left-hand sided centre-backs seemed to turn into wing-backs at times and bomb up, bomb up the field and, uh, you know, create attacks. And he was doing that on that side. And to a lesser extent on the other side, Curtis Tilt on the, on the left side. So... Um, it, it's hard to pick up. I think, I think Watmore is, is the one... Who you could see 
moving up. I think Lang, Lang again, is another potential. Tello Asgard, lots of quality about him, likely to start on the bench. Not quite there yet, but um, I'd love him to be playing up front with a Haaland, because he's, bizarrely, he's a scouser, but he, he plays for Norway. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, I'd love to see that one there. Uh, whether Asgard can play the passes De Bruyne does to him is another matter. But it's a pity Langy's not playing, although you did see him last season and I don't think he was at his best, but I think he's improved. But yeah, the the one for me is is Watmore and I'm, I feel really bad now about picking the defender out because you know after losing last year 3-0, 2-0, 2-1, I hope it's not his... I hope he doesn't throw in the stinker where he's four out of ten and everyone else is five out of ten. Um, uh, I hope we see. I hope we see a good performance. I think we will go um, because we are away from home and we've won the game. This um, we won the game last night, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday. Sorry, um, I think we'll keep the same formation. Really, there might be the odd change, but I think we'll go for the. Kind of wing backs, three centre backs, which which will mean McLean can push a little bit further forward. Looking at obviously last season's games, which you, you touched on there, there was one player that you you really struggled against, and a lot of people did. You, you went special in that way, and that was Ross Stewart. But as we know, he he's injured, and he'll definitely not be playing on Saturday. Um, based on what you've seen of Sunderland so far, and what you remember from last season, who are the players that concern you going into the game? Like where are Wigan the weakest, and and where can we damage it? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, the, the odd one for me is, uh, and obviously I don't watch him on a regular basis, but I, I think Pat, Patrick Roberts now has signed. Is he, is he permanent signing? Now, he, when he first came through, um, you know, you thought he was going to be a top, top player, regular Premier League player, but it, it's, you know, he, he he's someone who I've seen bits of, you know, certainly that, that are quite like... Um, the guy Clark as well, I think, um, I think uh, is a decent player. Um, I did watch one of your games and there were some new players that came in that I, I didn't really know um, who had come in. A couple of them looked look decent. The, the, there's the one that I did know, which I, I didn't know you'd signed him, was the guy from United. I don't know. I'm presuming he's on loan because was he not... Um, you know, about a thirty-five million pound signing. That's something yeah. ridiculous. The aloe. <laughs> like, yeah, he was. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think uh, after the uh, what we saw on the, on, on the documentary that you'd be paying like thirty-five million pounds for for a player. Um, um, but and then there were a couple of younger players that, that when I've watched some of the highlights, they look younger players from abroad. I think one of them's from. Maybe did he come in from uh, Costa Rica, possibly somewhere like that? I think. Jewison Benetti, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, as I said, it's the 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 seems to have been um, not a revolution at Sunderland, but I think I think Sunderland maybe have signed a few more than than than, than Wigan have. Um, I don't really like to say that there's a that there's a true weakness. I mean, I would say that. The, the home games where we've got beaten, I would would say we'd have we've been dominating in midfield. We've been dominated in midfield, so that that thing, and occasionally on the right hand side, on our right hand side as well, 
Um, I think if Callum Lang's not playing, the the player playing on the right, whether it be a you know a broadhead, for example, hasn't put the work in. in the, I'm not saying not put the work in, but maybe doesn't have the positional sense to work back. So if if your left hand side is having a good day and all your midfielders are playing well, there are prob they're probably the areas where we could be exploited. But as I said, I, I thought our midfield was excellent the other night, and I and I couldn't I couldn't criticise um, our right back or right hand side at all really. So it's hard to say we've got an absolute weakness. But on the other hand, I, I don't think we've got any areas where I would say we're exceptional either really. And and, and I'm very happy to just say that I just think we're a we're a very good team, uh, and we have a very good manager who is prepared to work really hard, do his research and improve. And he's got a good coach. He's in, in, Rob, in uh, Rob, Rob Kelly and uh, James Beattie, who really help him out in, in that sense. Last but not least, as always, I've got all of them wrong again, but we've got about a minute left here, so I'll go for it. Uh, prediction time, I will go short, 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 sharp and sweet. 1-0 Sunderland, but not confident one. Yeah. What are you going with, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with a repeat of what my favourite uh, game, uh, the 2-1 win. Uh, if you remember the game that ended Steve Bruce back in uh, however many years ago that was. but uh, with uh, So 2-1 win for, for Wigan Athletic is my prediction. Franco DeSanto with the winner. But Adam, thanks always for joining me, mate. I appreciate it. Pleased to see you doing well. Um, and obviously keep in touch uh, for the rest of the year, mate.